Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Jam Camp, a Rowan verse read-along and analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome to my birthday show, what, 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 because it is my birthday today, <laughs> or at least when this releases, it's technically it's not my birthday right now whilst I'm recording, but when this goes out it will be my birthday, so send me a birthday present by um pre-ordering echoes of the past the prequel short story for the into the wild series which is now available for pre-orders and will be releasing february 23rd 2022 if you want a little bit idea of an idea of what this book is about or at least the short story here is the blurb for echoes of the past what happens to a wolf who's hungry and alone they become desperate echo knew it was the time to find his true home outside his pack. He just didn't realise how difficult the decision would be. After being chased out of every territory he entered, Echo is almost out of options. Then he finds a land beyond the mountains, untouched by wolves. Is this too good to be true? Surely there's nothing scarier than the big bad wolf. Find out in this prequel short story to Home to the Wild, a young adult adventure series. The link is in the description box slash episode show notes below. So uh, go pre-order it. It is available on most platforms. Uh, If you are a Kindle user, just to note, you can't pre-order this because Amazon's a dick. Um, But you will be able to buy it when it goes out on February 23rd, um, which is a Wednesday, so I'll be able to announce it when that goes out. But yes, Echoes of the Past, the prequel short story setup story for the Into the Bot series is available for pre-order. Just want to say this here, I'm going to be talking about it all the bloody time now. So um, if you want, you can go pre-order. But um, we'll get into the main crux of today's episode. So today we are continuing our timeline journey with the Kane Chronicles, The Red Pyramid, Chapter 19, A Picnic in the Sky, and Chapter 20, I Visit the Star-Spangled Goddess, which is from Sadie's point of view. As always, I have my points to focus on, so today we've got narrative, relationships, and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. With trouble at their heels, our trio make it out of Paris into Washington, by accident. With the need to travel elsewhere but not having the time, the group rest and Sadie finds herself on a bar travel to convene with the goddess who has some pretty useful advice. And also information. And that's kind of the synopsis. I don't think that's... I don't think that's my best synopsis, but you know, I'm going to be doing the chapter outline, so it's fine, we got this, it's all good. But um, let's get right into it with chapter 19, A Picnic in the Sky. Attacked by fruit bats and chased by angry magicians, the trio make it to the 
wait, hold on. <laughs> I've, I've said fake Louvre pyramid. I'm like, that sounds like I'm saying the Louvre is fake. They make it to the Louvre's fake pyramid. Uh, Sadie turns it into a portal, and after an insult to Bast, all three of them fly through to America. Arriving in the wrong place in Washington, D.C., the group needs to rest, and so does the portal, before they can go where they need to go. While they rest and eat, they learn some of Bast's past. She, like most gods, had been locked away with a monster to distract her from the chance of escaping, but she's holding something back. The magician said she doomed them by escaping, but she won't explain that part. With a small moment of sibling bonding, Sadie goes to rest. Unfortunately, her bar has other ideas. And uh, that's pretty much the overview for chapter 19. It's a, it's a pretty heavy heavy chapter in some areas, but just learning a bit more information about Bast, which, as someone who loves Bast, I'm very happy about this. Um, the one thing I will notice, so where did the magicians come from? So they were in Desjardin's house and they heard something come from behind them. And we're now assuming that that's probably the angry magicians right here. So were these magicians just like locked up in this house as security guards? who just like when something bad goes wrong that's the only time they get released because that's how the last chapter in this bit reads is that these guys were locked up to only be released when needed which um i'm pretty sure is criminal but you know french <laughs> no no i won't make a french joke because we've got issues with england and france at the moment so i should probably not try and stir the pot but um yeah i just it was, it was really really random i was like where have these magicians come from but uh who knows, it doesn't particularly matter, I just like continuity, um, or at least sex and explanation. Um, technically we still haven't even got an explanation for how portals are opened. We get a small mention here of like, Sadie just has like this burst of emotion and she's like, take me to America! And I'm like, but why? Um, <laughs> and uh, it just opens the portal. Um, and just, it was really weird, I don't know, I was just like, is that a justification? I'll let them have it because, you know, fair enough. But um, I don't know, the whole situation, I'm, I didn't really care for it, I would rather kind of just kind of skip through it, it was a little bit drawn out than necessary. Um, the only thing that was important was just learning about this bass thing of the note of, uh, you know, she'd caused problems for them, um, and we find out a little bit more about that as well, um, of the fact that uh, bass was locked up with a powerful creature and their mum let her out basically um and apparently that is somewhat of a bad thing that we don't get any further explanation of that but it's an interesting insight to seemingly the guilt that we saw on bass's face about escaping from this duty like she left her post is what this magician said and she seemingly seems to believe that as well uh which is interesting we get the further additional note from sadie that you know their mum was a diviner she could see the future so maybe there is a reason why she let bass out and they just hadn't figured it out yet which interesting setup um the only other thing that i want to say feedback wise and i'll probably get into it a little bit more later is about sadie and carter so i know their relationship is technically still in the early stages seeing as they don't really know each other but Sadie's consistently snide comments towards Carter really great on my nerves a little bit. Especially as, like, Carter doesn't really have that in, in, in reverse. Like, he's not exactly snide and sarcastic and kind of harsh towards her. Like, he has his moments when she is being 
kind of idiotic but like she finds any and every opportunity to badmouth him um like she has this whole moment of like getting revenge because he laughed at her for being trapped as a kite and i'm like but that is a funny thing so why are you talking about revenge like why are you taking it so personally like it's not like he like laughed loudly in her face and wouldn't stop it like he had a momentary laugh thought it was funny because it is and then went about getting things sorted like I don't know it just it feels a little bit odd and seeing as we don't know much about Sadie's character and like her personality traits besides this sass and snideness um snark not snide her sass and snark i can't really figure out the reason behind her attitude towards carter because like she's been like this since the start like carter's not really had any animosity towards her but she's had consistent animosity towards him and we don't really have an explanation for that like towards her dad it kind of makes sense because he's the parental figure who in her mind abandoned him but carter didn't and yet she's kind of treating him the same way that she treated their dad. Like, I know Sadie is younger, and that is a thing that some younger siblings do. But it's just disappointing in some way to not see, like, many attempts of them working to go, working together and kind of, like, being emotionally connected with each other. Um, like, I'm completely on board with the whole bonding, but it's still awkward elements that we have, like, near the end of this chapter, like, they have this moment, and then Sadie kind of has to undercut it with the whole, but, you know, you're still my awkward, dumb brother. Like, that's cute, that's sweet, I get it, totally reasonable, but the consistent bad-mouthing parts just seem a bit out of order now. Like, we're 200, 250 pages in now. It's been a cu- good couple of days, they've gone through a lot together and it just yeah i don't know it's just it just feels a little bit out of place now but i don't know maybe maybe other people feel differently but i don't know it's just it feels a bit odd um but there are other odd things that i'm going to get to it's not this that bad in this book but oh my god uh we're gonna get to it and i'm gonna have to some things to say i know there is a one thing already that i know that like <laughs> that king chronicles does really piss me off about um but lots of the series do but it's this one in particular that kind of really goes deep for it but conversation for another day but also kind of a little bit of this but let's go into that with uh chapter 20 i visit the star spangled goddess um and that is the this is the overview for chapter 20 Sadie, never one for settling, changes her bar form to human and finds herself meeting the god she saw before. The meeting doesn't last long as someone is waiting for her, and that someone is the sky goddess, Nut. Nut tells Sadie of her history, being separated from her husband Ged for having her children, noting that Set, though chaotic, is not evil like they believe. Apophis, for example, is true evil in chaos. Set is just himself. She recommends going to see Thoth for answers, but gives a warning about his ways. Before Sadie leaves, Nut tells her two things. She had five children on the demon days, whereas the fifth goddess, Nephthys, siding, and beware of the minion of Set heading their way. When Sadie wakes, it's too late. The minion is there. A dun dun dun. Um, this this was actually okay. So previous chapter, interesting with the stuff that you get best. Also, kind of a little bit annoying with some things. This chapter, 
love, except for one part, which I'm going to get into right now. So, spoiler elements for this. Um, so the god, the boy god that Sadie is meeting and is instantly dumbstruck by, uh, is Anubis. And Anubis is a predator. He is a thousand-of-year-old god, soon to be obsessed and romantically interested in and connected to a 12, barely 13 years old later child. Um, he needs to be on a registry somewhere, like he needs to be labelled the predator he is. Because um, he is, he's thousands of years old. Presenting as a 16-year-old, probably more 17, honestly, just considering some of the descriptions. Um, and considering Anubis is, like, a really old god, so people call him kid. It's like, oh, there's this whole section of the fact that Anubis is referred to as kid because he's a quote-unquote younger god. Not really. But also, he's still thousands of years old, interested in a child. Like... At least in Percy Jackson and stuff like that, except for when we get to Trials of Apollo, which I'm just when we get to that. But like, at least in like the Greek gods and Norse and stuff like that, they don't ever seem to actually get involved with anyone under the age of twenty, eighteen at the most. So they get involved with people who are legally classed as adults. This, this is a child. This is a twelve-year-old child. Stop it. But I'll get to that later because I have so many... I may even end up doing an entire video on my YouTube channel dedicated to it. Maybe even an entire episode on the podcast dedicated to this because I have so many thoughts and feelings and it angers me. It angers me so much. But we'll move on. Um, Anubis is a predator. Um, so, interesting things about this chapter though is Nut, the goddess. Because she is probably the only goddess I am actually interested in in this story and I hope we see more of her because I can't remember if we do she has a really interesting backstory we see this whole moment of like she tries to reconnect with her husband and like storms like havoc wreaks and she can't actually go to him because otherwise the earth and planet basically will be destroyed she's permanently kept away from her husband even has Sadie um, take a letter from her to be delivered to Ged and it's just it's just it's it's really sad like it's actually it's it's a moment that I really quite like in this story because it's it's a sad emotional moment I'm just kind of disappointed that it's not really played that way in the narrative I wish there was more of like this kind of sadness that comes with it. we get it from like Nut but we don't really get it from Sadie who considering the fact like her mum is dead and her dad had to live without her and all these sort of things you think she'd kind of be more sympathetic to the sadness that kind of comes with that feeling but I don't know um but it was I just I'm really interested in Nut because she's just a really interesting character like I'm loving that we have Nut mentioned that Set isn't actually evil something that I made a point of many episodes ago of like it's just a part of his nature like gods can't be evil they are just a mixture of these different types of nature because you need someone to kind of bring in a chaotic element because if there's no chaos not like huge amounts of chaos in the form of like Apophis but if there's no chaos if there's no elements to make the world equal so you can't have too much good and no bad you've got to have a good equal of it and Set is that equalizer um like he's actually on the god side more often than not like he's like one of Ra's protectors so he is this equalizer figure 
who just has to have these moments every so often where he's just like, yeah, let's just bring a little bit more chaos in. Which, like, is how nature and the world works. Like, sometimes things are good for a really long period of time and then you get a global pandemic. Um, like, they've been, they were saying for years, even before COVID came in, that we were kind of, in a sense, due a global pandemic. Similar, like, when we had the Spanish flu, for example, in the early 1900s. Um, or the Black Plague and stuff like that. Every so often there are these huge global plagues that come come around. And scientists were talking about for years that we would do another one because these things do happen. Um, it's I feel like Seth is kind of like COVID. <laughs> He's here to cause chaos because there is a sense of needing balance. I'm not trying to say that COVID is a good thing because of course it's not. It was fucking awful. All the all the people have lost their lives to it. Absolutely devastating. But at the same time it is nature in a sense and I think maybe this wasn't the best metaphor. It's not a good metaphor. I should have stopped. I, I should have quit whilst I was ahead. But said it's kind of COVID. Set is a pandemic. Stop, France. Stop with this comparison. This is a really bad comparison. But Set isn't like evil. He's just a natural being. Like he just brings natural things to the world of of chaos because there is always a need for balance. Um, too much of one thing is bad. Too much of the other is bad. Um, like even if there's so too much good, too much bad, both are bad things. You can't have too much of either. You need an equal balance. I want to move on because I feel like that's going to be the thing that gets me cancelled. Um, the only other thing I want to mention is that I didn't realise that we meet Thoth in this book. I keep saying that we meet him in book two, but we actually meet him in this one. Um, so we're heading to Memphis, Tennessee soon to meet him and that was my bad. Um, I'm going to get into that now and why I think, why I, think I thought that. Um, specifically so to go into the narrative focus point so um i will note as i did last time that i'm disappointed in the dragging out of the storyline and this is specifically related to the thoth's thing of them going to memphis to meet thoth for reasons to kind of get information even though they have the book of thoth they've now introduced this thing of like sadie can no longer read the uh, hieroglyphs or whatever for reasons and their reasons is to drag out the narrative to get them to go to Memphis, Tennessee to meet Thoth to get information I don't know, it just if stop, like stop drawing out the storyline more, it's completely unnecessary, like they have the book of Thoth, they could just have, like what would be good for the narrative is to have the siblings work together and use their intellect and there in, and the way in which I know obviously it mentions that Carter can't really do it because his powers are used for other things but like if Sadie reads it if she even if she doesn't understand it Carter has the intellect of this background information of spending all this time with their dad learning things to be able to figure out and decode what Sadie is translating like and then have them figure out a plan from that. So it's actually the two siblings working together to figure out a plan using both of their strong points of Sadie's magic being allowing allowing her to translate these things and and Carter's knowledge being able to figure out what that all means and what they need to do. Like that would be perfect. That would be perfect for this book because they've not actually had many of those moments of working together. And we're 
at the well close well we're at the halfway point i would say now um or kind of at least nearing that point and we've not really had moments of them working together properly yet which is kind of disappointing um i know it just it just it may just be the fact that maybe i just need to read that section because i don't fully remember what happens but it just feels a little unnecessary at the moment the only things that i do want to say narrative wise is that i'm really happy that we're getting more information about bast but also what's to come in relation to bast's past and how that relates to what's going to happen in future and how that ties to their parents and the things that they did and why they did the things that they did um I also love that we're getting a lot of foreshadowing for future books and events as well, even if it's only kind of subtly, because it's good, because it means it's a good sort of line of connection through all of these three books, like it's an overall narrative as well as, as individual book narratives as well, which I love. Um, but that's all I have for the narrative section. I will now go into the relationships part, which is mainly just Sadie and Carter and i technically did cover this already so it may just be a little bit repeating but um sadie and carter's relationship is complicated like without a doubt it is complicated and i'm looking forward to seeing it improve but currently it is a lot slower than i expected like especially from sadie's side like we've not actually had a chance other than the Oh god um not last episode the episode before we had that moment of like finding out some of the things that happened in sadie's past but we've not really had any other of those moments like that's the only moment we've had of learning about things that sadie went through to kind of understand a little bit of her resentment and frustration but currently her bad mouthing and being snarky to carter just feels completely unnecessary like we've not actually figured out or found a reason why she's so hostile towards him like so far it just seems like her being a bratty kid like we've not been given any justification for her behavior towards him um especially considering that carter doesn't do the same back as much at least like he has his moments but like it's not every single chapter every single pov chapters that he has he's bad mouthing or being like like snarky towards her whereas with Sadie every single one there was a moment of her snarking towards Carter and it just feels really unnecessary like considering everything they've been through at this point they've seen their dad die or disappear they've shared things that they've seen like Carter shared this image that he saw of Amos being captured and set and all these sort of things like these horrible things they've had moments of talking about their past and things that they remember and all these sort of things you'd have thought there'd be some progress beyond belittling and bad mouthing considering everything they've seen everything they've done everything they've been through the fact that they've nearly been attempted to be killed multiple times but nothing has really shown me any growth of their relationship all we've had is really a few small shared moments like here but that's kind of it and i don't know it just it feels really weird that there isn't to kind of go into for anyone who watches stuff on my youtube channel you'll know i talk a lot about trauma but trauma bonding is a huge big thing like you instantly connect deeper with the person that you've experienced these traumas with 
And I feel like that's where Sadie and Carter should be getting. They should have had, in a sense, this trauma bond because they've seen these horrific, traumatic things. They've seen the loss of their father. They've seen people want to kill them. All these terrible things, and yet they've not really kind of gotten deeper, or not deeper, they've not really kind of bonded more as siblings if anything it seems to kind of be causing more of a rift in some areas which is just really weird oh no it's just the development of their relationship at this point doesn't feel organic it just kind of feels like there's a sense of keeping conflict for conflict's sake which i don't know it's just it feels a bit odd um We'll see like what happens in the next couple of chapters, but I'm definitely at that point now where I'm like, I know that younger siblings are a little shit sometimes, but it's getting to the point where Sadie is kind of irritating me. And I like Sadie. I want to like Sadie, but maybe it's just the Carter. Like I, I like Carter more. Maybe that may be the additional reason, but it just feels really weird that she's bad mouthing him and snarky towards him. At least I think we see like eight different moments of her doing that in these two chapters. It is completely unnecessary, like not remotely needed, and yet it's happening. And it's just I don't know. It's just it's a little bit disappointing. But anyway, that's kind of it. Like I like that we're getting information. I like that we're moving forward. I like that things are progressing. But it definitely still feels at this point that things are kind of slowing down a little bit mainly just from the perspective of the fact that we're traveling to a new location to learn more things like at this point i'm like we've learned a lot (laughs) allow the siblings to have moments to work together to build their bond to build their relationship to build their strengths and then go forth to the plotteth um but i don't know um what do you all think um and that kind of goes where sort of to the question of the episode so this is well not really so this isn't related to the siblings maybe i should do the question of the episode for the siblings but i don't know i'm just gonna um, this is more of an interesting question i think so the question of the episode is in relation to the goddess nuts comment about the fact that their other child the goddess nemphis is also missing but doesn't seem to have been found all of the gods from those five are all seemingly somewhere except for Nephthys. So with no spoilers in the comments or anything like that um, for the posts I'll be going up for this, this week's question of the episode is, again, with no spoilers, when you heard that the goddess Nephthys is missing, what were your guesses for where she may be? Um, and yeah, that is going to be going up on our social media. Again, please don't do any spoilers. I'll be putting the no spoilers thing on the post itself. But, you know, for people who are going along with the, it, with the series itself, try not to spoil it for them. Um, obviously, I do know just because that was a thing that kind of technically got re-spoiled to me, but I also kind of still remembered. But anyway, um, and again, before I sign off, if anyone is interested in the Into the Wild series, the series that is being written and published by me, um, you can pre-order Echoes of the Past. Now the link is in the episode show notes. You can also check out the video where I reveal the cover for this uh, short story as well and um, just a little bit more information about it and what it entails. Um, and I hope you all enjoy it. It's coming out February 23rd, 2022. Um I hope you want to enjoy it when it does come out so you can start pre-ordering now. It's not too expensive because it's only the ebook. Um so hopefully <laughs> hopefully it'll be all right. 
But um, yeah, thank you all for joining me for these chapters. Be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our Raw Inverse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, Deezer, and basically wherever you listen to podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts, you can email the Best Damn Camp at hotmail.com. Or if you want to support this podcast, you can become a podcast patron over at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access and other exclusive perks. Walk my Percy Jackson content, check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of fran. And if you want to support me my own writing, drop me a follow at a dose of fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter. And I'll see you, shall I speak to you all next time. Pre-order Echoes of the Past for my birthday. I love you.